You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome back to Mama's Talking Loud. This is part two of our special episode with Neely Bassman and Haven Burton. Just a reminder, we are talking about being mother to children with special needs. And if this is a topic that is sensitive to you, you might just want to listen with a little care. This is Jessica Rush. And I'm Kara Cooper. Thanks so much for tuning in. So while we were going through all of this, um, Denny and I really like each other, <laughs> and I had the bright idea to make margaritas one night before he came home, and we got pregnant. So <laughs> while we're going through all of this, we have Caspian, who's just developing, developing wonderfully and sleeping and just being very easy and wonderful. Um, and then we got pregnant, and it was not planned and I had just gone back to work after having Caspian and it was only you know eight months after I had had him and I was just starting to think of like oh I'll start auditioning I'll get back into the workforce I'll be doing this again just kidding (laughs) you're pregnant again Hmm. um so we it was I won't say it was a wanted pregnancy because I would be lying if I said that it was really hard. I had to call my best friend and cry f- for like three hours with her on the phone. And st- because I felt guilty about feeling this way of too, course, because yep. like it's a baby. I love babies. I love my babies. So I was really happy that I was given this gift. But at the same time, I was. Um, it wasn't how you were envisioning. Right, no. And I didn't know what my future was going to be. I right, thought, well, right. there goes my career. There goes everything that I've worked so hard to get back to mm-hmm. after yeah. having two kids, which as yeah. you all know, is not easy. Yeah. Um, so, Well, and in the midst <laughs> of the turmoil of the moving yes. and with Hudson and what you guys were going through. It yeah. was nuts. And, and without having a community yet either. We were just doing it alone. Yeah. Um, so it was the week before Christmas, and we went to the mall to get the kids their Santa pictures. And while we were sitting, um, you know, in the mall, which is beautiful, and my parents were there, and they were leaving that afternoon, it was a really nice moment, I get the call from the uh, genetics counselor who uh, was calling from the hospital we were going to deliver at. And um, she had my genetics results, and she gave me the diagnosis over the phone that the baby had trisomy 21. Um and the, the, all the statistics around that, the numbers, how, how you know, positive they were that this was definitely going to happen. And then, you know, I went on a spiral of, well, what's the, what's the marker? What's the margin where she wouldn't have, you know, or right. where the baby wouldn't have, you know, Down syndrome? What's it, what, what can I do in my mind to negotiate the fact that nothing's going to be wrong with my baby? Um, she had had a couple of different... Uh, things. She also had fluid around her lung that resolved. 
And I remember at the ultrasound, at the 12-week ultrasound, the doctor looked at me and said, this is a perfectly healthy baby. <laughs> they said the same thing to me. Perfectly healthy baby. And so... And they were. And they were. They, they, they absolutely are. were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are. But I remember thinking in my head, I don't know why I was so nervous through that pregnancy. I was nervous that something was going to... That I was wait, always waiting for the other shoe to drop in mm -hmm. one way. And then we got the diagnosis and... Um, I've, I fell to pieces in the mall and sat down at the end of it. And I said, but, but what are we having? And she said, it's a little girl. And I lost <laughs> it because I have two boys and all I want to do is braid someone's hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we went home and I had a real bad day that turned into a really good day because I called Neely <laughs> like immediately. I will never forget that phone call. <laughs> Denny reached out and we called and we talked and I was like, what do I do? And you said, you just, congratulations, you're having a little girl. And it really changed the narrative for me. Um, and I'm still, I still have all of these ridiculous, like naive, ignorant, fears that pop up from time to time and I get so angry at myself for them because um, as much as you put yourself into the community and see all of the positive stories, the other part of being in the community is seeing all of the pain <laughs> that some of the parents are going through and feeling so scared for them and, and for your own family too. So, um, you know, because with Down syndrome, there can also be a lot of, um, it, there can be a lot of health issues. During the pregnancy, we had a diagnosis of uh, ASD and VSD, which are two very different um, and difficult heart defects. They were measurable. They were moderate. The, um, the ASD quickly resolved, but the VSD was moderate and was growing. And so we were talking to her pediatric uh, cardiologist about open heart surgery at two months. Um, and I had had a friend that had a baby with Down syndrome that uh, lost their baby at six months because of open heart surgery and the flu season being um, a terrible combination. And I was filled with fear. I could not sleep. I couldn't get over it. I didn't know if I could handle all of that loss, yeah. you know, and um, it was just, it was a, it was, it was a very dif difficult and, and dark time, but I was also still really enjoying my pregnancy. So she was growing, even with the heart defects, she was thriving, she was doing really well. Anyway, she was born, um, she was absolutely beautiful. It was one of the, it was my, one of my favorite births. I, she came out immediately and all of those things that I had wanted, I felt immediately with her. And, um, I only got to hold her for 20 minutes that day. So they, uh, she wasn't stable. Her heart valves hadn't closed all the way. So she was desatting and her oxygen levels weren't, you know, holding and she uh, couldn't keep her temperature up. So she had to be under warmers and she was on, she was in the NICU for 13 days. Um, and so I was discharged and having to go back and forth uh, to the NICU and home to, care for my other two kids and um it was challenging but you know what it was it was beautiful and looking back on it I don't have any negative 
feelings at all. I look back on it and I'm happy that I had that moment during my pregnancy to grieve because um, there is there is a grieving process with children with special needs. And I don't mean to say that in such a, like, I don't mean it to sound negative. It's actually, you have to go through it. And there's, it's really beautiful at the other end of it, you know? It is. And, and, and as, as someone who has a child that's a little bit older, I, there are, I grieve repeatedly mm-hmm. over different experiences, I yep. think, because you have, it's managing expectations versus reality, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and it's getting a lot easier, and I, my expectations are a lot different. But there are different moments that I grieve again, mm-hmm. and it's easier. Um, I feel like it, 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 it. I go through it more quickly because um, I would say the first grieving process was. I mean, and also I'm putting it. I am going to therapy this year. Like yeah. I've got to just. I want to deal with it more head on and and really get it out there. So. All our listeners, hold me accountable, okay? (laughs) I'm sorry to cut you off, but yes, it is a grieving process. Well, and and the reason I was able to say congratulations, you're having a baby girl, is because I went through Mm -hmm. my grieving process. I remember telling my friends, and some of them, you know, I would would give the news, ever has Down syndrome, and some of them said, and? Mm. Okay. Well, thank God she's your kid then. Oh, I would get... No, 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 no. In oh, a good, good way. way. Oh, saying okay. like, how lucky like, she is that yeah, she's yeah, like, because you. you're so, yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I knew this. Oh, God. That came, came out uh, wrong. But uh, my reaction to that, I would get so angry because I was like, you, did you hear what I said? Do you understand what I'm saying? And why aren't you upset for me? And now I'm, I'm so embarrassed that I had all those feelings, but I hadn't gone through the process. Mm-hmm. And now I understand what they were saying. And I... I had I have a gift, you know, and and I so I was coming from that place of having been through it to be able to tell you that and also to be able to let you know that I know where you are and you're not going to be there mm-hmm. before you know it. You're going to get through it and come out into a beautiful place which you did more quickly than uh, I mean you blew me away. <laughs> I think it's because for whatever for whatever reason that all of the events unfolded the way that they did, which is like this saga of my, like this two-year period of my life that I still look back and just, there's such a large question mark as to like, (laughs) why? (laughs) Why did it all have to happen? But I think it really happened for a reason and it um, primed me and Denny in our relationship. It tested us early on to be able to be strong for each other and for our kids. And, um, we had no, Nova was not on the docket, you know, and <laughs> and we had no. Not only was she not on the docket, particularly Nova, <laughs> who she is, was not right. on it. So we, you know, it was I think because of everything that we had gone through with Hudson and the way that we had grieved and learned how to advocate for him when when Down syndrome came along, we were like, got it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> cool, <laughs> fine, you know, um, but that's not. I mean, even. I've been trying, and I'm also trying to stay positive too, like with everything, you know, everyone's like, don't, don't um, measure her development with any other baby, especially your last two. And that's so easy to say, and it's so difficult to practice. And even when you practice it daily, like emotionally, physically, you know, I run through, I say everything out loud now. I sound like a crazy person, but I have to say it. And even with Denny the other night, I said, I'm having a really hard time because she's going to be seven months and she's not 
sitting unassisted and, you know, she's doing so good, right? She's blowing everybody's expectations out of the water. And yet I still get caught up in that wheel of, oh, this is what our life is. Yep. And it is. Mm -hmm. And it is. And that, I think, was one of the hardest things to come to terms with is it doesn't, it's not some, I think when Elon was really young, I was like, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix it. You know, well, that's I mean? who you are too, though. You're very yeah, I'm like, like, well, let's do this. I'm, yeah. we're, let's do it. Let's fix it. And it's not something to be fixed, first of all. Um, and it's not something that you like wrap up with a bow and say, okay, I did that. It is ongoing and never ending and, and ever changing. Um, and the thing you said about, I can't imagine having kids before Elon to compare development to, because for me, I had to like take myself off of social media because mm-hmm. I kept looking at all these kids that I that babies that were born at the same time as Elon and 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 parents joyfully posting videos and photos of them and I don't begrudge them that at all like I do that with my children too but I couldn't look and see how my ch- child was not there and something that I still have a hard time with is when people say and it's not it's not um, malicious. Um, but it's just from lack of experience. But when people say, well, no one's kids go to, goes to college in diapers, like when you're potty training your child. Mm-hmm. Um, potty training a child with special needs is like a, it is a thing, and it mm-hmm. is so difficult. Um, and anytime someone kind of says, well, they're going to walk eventually, or, you know, or, or just kind of throws out a quip about milestones, um, it's not that they don't know, but it, it – oh, God, it got me every time, and it still mm-hmm. does. It still does. Like, I don't um, – just because there are some people out there that are working so hard to get their child to every milestone mm-hmm. that your child is going to come to naturally, mm-hmm. you know. And and, and our, our children are getting there, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some people listening to this who whose children may not be getting there. And, and it's just I – I guess it just informs the way I I, I interact with the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah. trying to be more careful with the things that I say. Not that I, like I said, I don't find fault in anybody who says that, but I had a really hard time with well, the milestones. One of the gifts, too, that, you know, having a kid that needs extra help has given me is you appreciate everything, everything that other parents and again, not in a malicious way, they, they just take for granted because you don't know any better. I wouldn't have known any no. better. I will never forget a day sitting in the library in Inwood and watching all these little babies at story time. And there was this little, there was a dad there with his baby who was probably seven months old maybe and just sitting and reached over to grab a toy put his hand down to support him and reached across his body with his other hand, picked up the toy. And the dad was just like, oh, hey, well, you got a toy. He and crossed I the midline. started He's crying. his body. I was like, <laughs> do you see what that baby just did? That's a miracle. I mean, I worked for 18 months daily to get my daughter to be able to do that. And she does it like nothing now. It's yeah. not, you know, whatever. But sitting in the moment, just watching that ridiculous little nothing of a movement, I was like, I looked at the dad and obviously I didn't say anything. I would have been a crazy person, but I was like, that's miraculous. What your baby just did. That's a miracle. And 
And I am able to do that watching my son now, who is like Hudson was. Oh, I mean, no, he's no, riding a scooter when the he's same way, 12 like... months old. He's out of control, climbing, doing, mm. speaking full sentences when he's 20 months old. But everything he does, I, my husband and I just look at each other and we're like, what? Did you see that? Did you see <laughs> We did, did the you same see thing. That? Did you hear that? <laughs> And half the time we're like, is that normal or is is he a genius? No, I remember. I mean, <laughs> he's I, a genius. I have really, you know, like I remember being over having a play date with Elliot and Ever, and mm-hmm. Tennyson started to go up the, the stairs. stairs. Yeah, and Neely looked at me and she's like, "Oh, wait, he, he's going up the stairs." I mean, this was he would have been really small at this oh, point. He was. Yeah, yeah, and just I mean, completely. Like, you, Eight it was, months old. You were like, is this normal? Is this what he's supposed to do? You know, it's like, it's crazy. I literally remember asking, it might have even been you. It was one of our neighborhood parents when Tennyson was like four months old. I remember asking, do I need to do stuff with him? Do I need to, <laughs> like, so that he'll sit up and crawl? Like, do I need to be doing things? Because I did so, so much. much with all the therapists every day for mm-hmm. months and months and months. And the the whoever the parent was was it you just it might have been me on the uh, whoever it was yeah. was like no they just walk <laughs> <laughs> well I mean no they just crawl and I mean and that's something like you guys were saying people say things and they don't mean them in malicious ways mm-hmm. if you're not aware of the struggles yeah. and I have to say like Kara we've never really talked about this but like you know I became well aware at one point that Elon was struggling and this was before her diagnosis. But I knew Elon was behind and we were sharing the dressing room at the time. Mm-hmm. And there came a point where I consciously stopped talking about things Elliot was doing because I didn't want that to bring you. Like, I don't know if you ever know, but I remember like getting to a point because Elliot's a year younger than Elon. And so as Elliot started to catch up, with and what surpassed. she was doing and then surpass Elon, <laughs> mm-hmm. I consciously sort of just brought it all in. Like I didn't, I didn't say, I, I, I sort of was very conscious of what I would talk about in the dressing room or things I would do. And I remember after you had left the show on maternity leave with Finn, I was saying something one day or showed a video to Sarah and Sarah was like, I had no idea she was doing all that. And I said, well, I just didn't want, I wanted the space to be safe for Kara. I didn't want it to be a place where, Things that was so kind painful. of you to do that, That's and I feel really so nice. badly that no, you and kept I knew those well, and that was Sarah and I had that same, but Sarah and I had that conversation too, and she was like, "Kara would never have wanted you to do that." I was like, "I know that, but I also know that her daily struggle is so much, and I don't want I you're my friend, and I love you, and I never wanted mm-hmm. to have it be. I wanted you to have a space where." You could breathe. You wouldn't have to think about it. You wouldn't have to do those things. So that was something that we did. That that dressing room, man, you guys saw me through. Well, yeah. That's what we do. It was a wreck for pretty much two years. That's, that's, you know, that's what we do. And we're sisters and that's, you know. Well, I just have to say that if that was you, I don't, I literally don't remember. It was exactly what I wanted to hear. Because I was like, oh, thank God I don't have to do anything. Well, no, I mean, right? but I remember seeing Tennyson. You know, we would, Neely and I, our daughters went to the same preschool and we, on the BX7, we would pick Run kids up as we, yeah, exactly. Three hours of sleep after oh doing your shows. Oh my God. It was like Neely would get on with Tennyson strapped Stop. into the ergo or whatever. And like ever, depending on what mood she was in, yep. if she wanted to climb the stairs to the bus. I mean, it was like, or walk after we got off or I mean, she I remember, wouldn't walk yeah I, I remember be, I remember one day uh, we had gotten off the bus and the kids tended to run ahead you know and mm-hmm. 
And so Everett and Neely and Tennyson were coming. And at one point, one day, it took a while. And I was like, is everything okay? And she's like, Everett didn't want to walk. She goes, she sat on the ground. She goes, and a random stranger just carried my child, <laughs> just picked Everett yeah, up and carried her. Cry. Yeah. I mean, this is like in the depths of no eight sleep. shows a week, oh no sleep. I mean, literally getting three hours of sleep a night. The baby's still waking up. I'm still breastfeeding. And ever still not sleeping through the night. <laughs> And we get off the bus and all of her classmates and all of her friends run to school. And she just, no, no, and sits down on the ground. And the patience is just gone because I'm just so tired. And in in that moment, I was like, well, I guess we're not going to school today. And, And it always was, you know, there were so many parents. We were so blessed to have this community. Somebody would always help. But everyone just ran ahead and they have to be with their kids. And, you know, it just didn't work out that day. And I just couldn't. And the baby strapped me and I'm trying to pick her up and she's dead weight. And some stranger (laughs) walks up. Must have been a parent. And, oh, oh, you don't feel like walking today. Aren't you supposed to go to school? And I just stopped because I could just tell that. I, I should not be in this equation. And I let the stranger just talk to my child and pick her. And I didn't know. I was like, is she going to let her pick her up? Someday right. she will. Oh, someday she go. won't. She picked her up. We walked together. Ever starts laughing, <laughs> talking to her, smiling. And I just started crying. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. And she was like, I've got kids. And walked away. <laughs> <laughs> That was that wonderful. Yeah. That, that that single act of kindness yeah. has left such an impression on you, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Incredible. Every mm-hmm. act of kindness, I mean. Well, and even on me, I mean, I have so much respect for you guys. I mean, I, I, I see the struggle, I hear the struggles, and I have no idea what it's like to be in your world to a certain degree, obviously. But um, I just have so much appreciation. I mean, you talk about the milestones that, you know, neurotypical parents – don't really acknowledge or see, but like, I remember seeing things that ever would do mm-hmm. or like Elon and I had a conversation last month at a party about this stuffed dog purse, you know? And I said to Kara afterwards, I was like, Kara, she just talked to me for like four minutes about mm-hmm. this dog purse. She's like, really? I was like, yeah, <laughs> a whole conversation. <laughs> told me about it. Told me those are their headphones to listen to me. Like, a whole thing. And so to see the strides, and I know that probably when you're in the depths of it, it's hard to see those moments or the frustrations to see. But those of us on the outside who know your kids, we see the progress they're making. And I've seen Ever and how great she's yeah. doing. And Elin is nailing it. And her communication is getting so well. And she... I've seen where they've her come from. Communication is getting so well. <laughs> so well. That was awful. Her communication is like getting better. Clearly, mine is not. Uh, but it's just, no, you guys are rock stars. I mean, and I this say is this an isolated moment, but I definitely, I, I, it, not only do we see, but we celebrate every tiny thing because you have to. You have to. It, it, it keeps you. Propelling. You really do have to celebrate. I remember I was at the beach with some friends and I actually had left Elin home because she was doing, um, oh my God, I'm going to 
blank out. And she was doing summer school. What is the uh, extended school year? Oh, yeah. ESY. Um, so for kids with special needs, if they are going, if the district thinks that they are going to regress by not being in school over the summer, they provide education for your child. Not all districts do it. We are great, are thankfully in a district that does. Um, and so Elon has school Monday through Friday for six weeks during the summer, half day. And so instead of pulling her out, I left her home um, with my husband and I brought my son down to the shore with my friends. And he was like trying to boogie board or something. And I was videotaping it and I was like, go Finn, like totally celebrating. And my friend, she was like, you're hilarious. She's like, <laughs> you get so excited. And I was yes. like, I've been conditioned to get so excited. Like I remember yep. having to be so overt in getting um, Elon to do things, like yeah. really showing my my enthusiasm oh, for yeah. every every step quote unquote that she took and so I'm just now I'm that parent that like yeah. literally screams for everything that every <laughs> accomplishment my child does which we'll have to tone back at some point but um nah. I feel like that it like you talked about you just appreciate uh-huh. uh, those moments like uh, it, it feels it's so hard one but the joy it brings is so immense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the same I was gonna say to you Haven like because you know I was there. Mm-hmm. I did the same thing whenever I was seven months old. I was in a new mom's group and I was sitting in a room every single week with 12 other moms whose kids were born within two months of mine, watching what every single one of them was doing, telling myself to stop watching and watching and watching and dying inside. And coming home, I vividly remember one time when my mom was visiting just just having a breakdown. I was also exhausted and not mm-hmm. sleeping at all. Why won't she walk? Why won't she walk? And my mom said, she'll walk when she's ready. And she did. <laughs> and now at five, looking back, I'm like, who who cares about when she did all those things? She's doing them all. Mm-hmm. And she's doing them all beautifully. And not only that, but as much as uh, uh, for every moment of, why isn't she doing this? Why isn't she doing this? There are three moments of, oh my God, did you just see what she did? Mm-hmm. That far exceeds anything anyone expected her to do. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's miraculous that right. for any kid, but it, it's just, and yet again, at five, I still see now that she's entered kindergarten, they're no longer babies, the gap, like mm. widening at an mm. exponential rate, where now I'm like, okay. Yeah. Now it begins, you know, because mm-hmm. they were cute babies and now it begins. But looking back where you are now, I can just, it's so easy to say, and I know it because I was in the depths of it, but she's going to sit up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she does and she leans forward for a second and then yeah. just. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't know that. I used to just sit her with pillows on all sides. So when she teeter tottered and toppled over, she wouldn't bang her head. <laughs> Yeah, oh, we have. So she has a plagiocephaly, which is the flattening of the yeah. head, right? Which none of us had because we were all stomach sleepers. Yep. But now that back is best, has ha- everyone's got flat heads, yep. right? So she has a helmet now, too. So <laughs> it's just like, oh, it's Lord. super cute. Oh, I mean, she's real cute. She's really cute. So I know. Cute. I'm going to have Denny paint it. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> Flowers or something. You kind of just touched on this, like you're talking, Neely, you're talking to Haven about, you know, she, Nova will sit up. 
What like advice or words of wisdom or encouragement would you give to um, a, a parent who's just embarking on like the special needs journey? Um, I would, my, I think, oh, okay. So I think the best advice that I could give is to, um, do research, not like a Google search, but like find a community in your area that you can plug into with other parents that have gone through it before, because there's no better resource to learn how to advocate for your child than other parents that have gone through it or are going through it specifically in your community, in your school district like that. Once I, once I plugged into that, everything, it's still hard, right? I have what my principal calls the folder of fear Mm. (laughs) with everything. I have like a giant folder of all of our like diagnoses and our IEPs and our everything. Right. And I've got one for Nova started now too. But, um, thank God I knew how to do that because I had an incredible advocate and there's no amount of struggle that's too small that would say you don't need an advocate having an advocate by your side if your child is school aged um is is so important and um you don't have them forever but like our advocate comes with me to my IEP meetings and she sits with me and if there's something that they try to pull because no matter how many times you go over those rule books you can't I'm not, we've only been in it a year. I haven't been doing this for 35 years. Like my advocate has been in my school district, Mm -hmm. working with my principal, with other students. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say learn how to, in learning how to advocate for your kids. And that's like the technical, right? That's like the technical advice, (laughs) which helps with the emotional part because you don't feel alone and you don't feel like you're failing your kids. And out of control. And, and I, out of control. Yeah. And like the advocacy, the paperwork, like alone of having a special needs kid is just so insurmountable. <gasps> they it do it on like purpose. It's insane. It's insane. Right, because, yeah, the then amount, you won't fight as hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the amount of work you have to do. So that's really yeah. strong advice. I'm like, hmm, maybe we should get an advocate. Yeah. Also, really side help. note, I think your principal should call it the folder of information and tools. Yeah. Fear, yeah. That is Come on. absurd. Well, because it, they, he was, he's a very nice guy. And he was like, well, the folder of fear. Because when you walk in as a parent Mm -hmm. and you look like you know what you're doing, Mm -hmm. then they Mm -hmm. know that they can't say no to things, you know, they, and, and when you walk in with an advocate on top of it, um, I'm you have somebody in your corner. Very oh, yeah. You know, and it's like having an agent for your child. It is. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> to negotiate the to terms get, yeah, of the their terms education. Of exactly. Yes. Yeah. Of your tax dollars. <laughs> I would add to that, too, that, uh, you know, even if you your child is born today, it's you're still the parent and you know in your gut. Uh, you have to educate yourself and you have to surround yourself with people who have experience and the knowledge and the training. And obviously I'm not going to be my daughter's PT and speech therapist and, you know, advocate and uh, uh, special education teacher, but you get a lot of advice from a lot of different parents and a lot of different teachers and a lot of different professionals and you take what you need from each of them mm-hmm. because everyone's answer is not your answer. Uh, and there were some Facebook groups of uh, families, Down syndrome families, that people just post all the time, all the time, all the time. And I'm thinking, A, how do they have time for this? <laughs> I mean, when are they doing all this posting? And B, 
I'm not doing enough for my kid. They're going to all these meetings and they're going to all these uh, workshops and this and that. And I'm not, I'm not doing, am I doing enough? Should I be doing more? And I asked a friend specifically, am I, I feel like I'm not doing enough. And she was like, nope, you listen to you. You're doing enough. These sites can be intimidating and whatever doesn't feel right, you don't go there. And that was really excellent advice. Uh, everyone thinks they know what's best for your kid. And you, and I'm not saying don't take advice because I would be nowhere if I didn't, but you take what feels right. Mm-hmm. I think that's really strong advice that, mm-hmm. that trust that mama gut, right? Mm-hmm. You like do what's good mm-hmm. for you and your family. Yeah. Like specifically when we first got the diagnosis, more than one person, like a doctor and a friend and a professional, they all gave me this, did you come across this haven, this poem, Welcome to Holland, I think it's called? That is supposed to be emotionally helpful and calming or something. And I wanted to tear it up and throw it in a fire. It made me so angry. It was like (laughs) having a child with Down syndrome is like you're planning a trip to Italy. Nope. And all of a sudden, (laughs) your plane (laughs) reroutes and you're in Holland. And it's lovely, too, there. And I was like, nope. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It was disgusting to me. And if that is helpful to somebody, fantastic. Right. I don't mean to put it down, whatever helps you through. That was not helpful to me. That I'm going to Italy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm taking my kid. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to Italy. And we're going to figure it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've, I liked the video that was like letters to a mother with a child with Down syndrome. And it was um, from other parents. It's a video montage of like other parents talking about their children and how wonderful they are and adults with Down syndrome who have become advocates mm. and and talking about how happy they are and that they have rich, fulfilling lives and rom- romance and mm-hmm. friendships and jobs and all those things. That was a that's what I watched. I watched it a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I watched it a lot. Yeah. Just coming back to those things, I think for me the piece of advice and and you kind of touched on this, Neely, is that like not feeling I was doing enough when Elon was mm-hmm. really young. I felt like if I didn't spend every moment of the day striving to to help her that I wasn't doing my job Mm -hmm. um, as a mother and I still have moments of that but I've really been able and part of it is that she works so hard all day she goes to school she gets off the bus and she immediately starts ABA therapy in home until seven o'clock at night like this child works nonstop, so it allows me on the weekends to be like you know what it's okay. It's okay to let her be a kid and to let her thrive and not constantly be trying to pull a moment or, 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 a, or growth out of her. And since I've done that, I feel like she has grown so much. Yeah. Um, and so I think giving yourself a break as a special needs mom and saying like, it's okay. And it's also okay. And I'm also just learning this because I think self-care as a, as a mother is of the utmost importance, um, and self-care as a special needs mother is imperative Mm. um, because of the relentlessness of it, um, both emotionally, intellectually, all of it. Physically, I'm getting to the point where physically, like having to dress Elon, helping her help herself dress is really physically taxing. She's six years old, and it's a hard thing to do every day. Um, But we do it. Uh, and I just, I remember you reaching out to me, Neely, about a respite weekend. Mm-hmm. You're like, let's go do this. <laughs> it was like a respite for um, mothers with kids with special needs. And I just think that if you're in that situation, you have to take care of yourself. It is, it is, you're in it for the long haul. This isn't, um, I mean, I know for me and, 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 and maybe 
my situation will be different. I don't know, but I don't expect my child to leave the coop when she's 18. I don't expect to her not to need me. Um, and so it's, it's, it's the long haul, you mm-hmm. know, and I need to figure out how I'm going to deal with that and how I'm going to do what's best for me while doing what's best for my kid. Like they here, say, you here. have to put That's your good. oxygen mask yep, on first. Right. Mm-hmm. I literally said that to Kara like three, three days, days ago. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. Talking about it. No, it's true though. It's like, this is, this is the, this is life. You know, so you have to decide how you can be the best you and be healthy in mind and body and mm-hmm. spirit so that you can then be that for your children. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. just think that's true for all mothers. Are, yeah. For yeah. all mothers. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, but I think you guys are amazing. I yeah. I think you're amazing. Oh, my God. Think, the, you guys, you know. y'all are all amazing. My hat's off to you. I know rock stars. You're all rock stars. I don't know how you do it. I know the therapies. I know the schedule. I know the lack of sleep that you I mean. I don't know how you guys do it, and I admire you so much, the way you lead with love and compassion and the way you honor your children and advocate for them, and I just, you're rock stars. Thank you. Thank you. Can I just say, we've talked so much about struggles and and uh, the struggles and the emotions, but at the same time, I just want to remark on how extraordinary these kids are Mm -hmm. and the joy and the love and and the hard work that they do and how they have grown and what they bring to our lives and and how perfect they are I mean the things that ever has achieved and where she is now she she blows me away she is amazing that we just moved our we moved out of the city specifically for school because the school system was not appropriate for her in Manhattan and we moved out of state and she moved away from all of her friends in the same way that you did with Hudson. She had an incredible community, and it broke my heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, these kids who have known her and loved her since she was born, that she still talks about. And we took her away from that, and she started a new school in kindergarten, walked on the bus, Bye, Mommy. Bye, Daddy. Went to school. Came home. I want to go back to school. I want more school. More school. Has friends who love her and that she loves. She's thriving beyond. I mean, yes, we work hard. Yes, the gap is widening. Yes, she has lots of supports and helps, and we the future is unknown. But she's extraordinary, and I'm so proud of her. And she teaches us every single day. Yeah how to parent and how to love and how to be in the moment and not get wrapped up in minutia, which we still do, of, of course. course. But I just wanted people out there listening to know that far overrides the, the stress and the anxiety and, and the advocacy that we do every mm-hmm. day. It's worth it. And it's wonderful and they are amazing and they will teach you more than you ever knew you needed to learn. I'm embarrassed of how little I knew Mm. when I gave birth to ever. Mm. I mean, I think that comes with motherhood in general, but I do feel like, um, Elon is my gift. She is, she has made me a better human, a Mm -hmm. better member of society. Um, and like you talked about for all the struggles and the advocacy and all the hard work, the joys 
when they accomplish something, mm-hmm. it's like nothing <laughs> I've ever felt. And she's, even not huge accomplishments, no, tiny things, tiny things, the joys, the joys. Oh, yeah. I mean, and we'll be places like um, we were in Hoboken or no, we were in Liberty Science Center over the holiday break. And we used to take Elon there all the time. We lived in Hoboken and we were on the stairs and I was like, we used to bring her here and work going up and down the stairs yeah and I was like now she's just yeah. running up and down the stairs like it's nothing oh, you know no. and just like reliving those joys mm-hmm. um oh gosh something just popped into my head about that oh uh, you're talking about Elin works harder than anybody I know mm-hmm. she is the hardest working person I know and I admire her so much for that they yeah. really are extraordinary humans mm-hmm. um so thank you so much for mm-hmm. for touching on that because yeah. it is really easy to go down the it is yeah it's not negativity it's honesty yeah, yeah. it is what it is but um it, it, but it's not all pain it's not <laughs> no, all pain oh not my no. gosh we were no. at a birthday party for um one of Ever's classmates a couple of weeks ago and we had gone to the bathroom or something. I can't remember. We went to look at something. So when we came back into the room, the kids were all seated around a long table and they had started on an art project. So Ever kind of made her entrance. <laughs> and the kids all turned around. One of them went, hey, Ever's here. You guys, Ever's here. And their faces lit up. And they're, Ever, come sit with me. They're fighting over who gets to sit next to her. And she just walks on in, hi, with her big smile. And so it just... I wanted to cry. It was With joy. Joy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see, and the victory for us was that we got invited to a birthday party <laughs> this year, <laughs> which was a humongous victory. Because yeah. for Hudson, it's just, you know, the friendships are always going to be a little more challenging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as a parent, you just want your kid to have that, of that find that yeah. friend. Yeah, totally. um, and what's great is that he's found friends that he has occupational therapy with in school that are in his class, so which his is OT really buddy. neat. Yeah, it's like his OT buddy <laughs> and it. like they go bowling, you know, things like awesome. that. But that's it was such a huge victory that just, I think a lot of people take for granted like, oh, we've got another birthday party this week. And I'm like, yeah. we got invited to a birthday party. <laughs> awesome. I have to go buy a present. I'm so excited. And yeah, I also, I wouldn't change anything about my kids, nothing. And it, as I was getting ready to leave, um, Denny took piled all the kids in the car to take me to the train to come here this morning. And before we were going, Hudson and Nova, uh, Nova was doing tummy time on the rug and Hudson was um, laying down with her and she's just grabbing at his face mm-hmm. and he's giving her kisses and stuff. And I remember um, one of the other things I was reading was that siblings who have uh, siblings of children with special needs grow up to be more compassionate, mm-hmm. more loving, more understanding Um and I thought, you know, it's really kind of a gift to our kids' siblings as well that um, we have no idea, like, what our kids are going to grow up to accomplish. But it was yeah, – That is the power really of nice. inclusion. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the joys and the struggles, all of it. Thank you so yes. much thank for being you, here and sharing thank you your for having us. And, and thank you, Kara, for, you know, leading the charge and opening up on this episode. It's a yes, hard man. thing to talk yeah. about, but I'm yeah. so glad we did it. All three thank of you, you, thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. Special shout outs to Rachel Spencer Hewitt for our fabulous graphic, Kristen Anderson Lopez, Bobby Lopez, and Justin Ward Weber for our super theme song, our producer, Dory Berenstein, and of course, the Broadway Podcast Network for bringing us to you. Have a good one. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.